Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies Today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Tuesday, June the 15th. And sadly, we come off a Phillies loss, a late night loss last night. It doesn't make it any easier when you stay up till 1 in the morning. To watch the Phillies lose a baseball game, a 3-1 to one loss to the Dodgers. Look, you can't win them all. They've won four straight, 7-9. They've won three straight series heading into Los Angeles. Um, and look, last night was a tough loss. We'll get into it all, but it was a game that was winnable. And that's what's frustrating about it is it was uh, a game where if you had just gotten a couple more timely hits, Phillies would have won the game. You know, the pitching wasn't bad. You know, Spencer Howard wasn't great. He was really good to start and then faltered a little bit, but really on the whole was a solid outing from Howard. Falter behind him was solid enough. Like, you didn't lose because of pitching. You lost because you couldn't get to the Dodgers' bullpen and you couldn't convert on opportunities against Tony Gonsolin. You know, in back-to-back innings, the Phillies had... Runners on, bases loaded in the first, uh, uh, runners on in the second, so on and so forth, and just unable to capitalize. They had 10 of 11 base runners not score last night, and that that's going to it's gonna do you in against a good baseball team. You know, the Dodgers got some timely hits, a couple big home runs, and, and that was that. And um, look, again, it is, uh, you know, they lost a game in LA to the Dodgers. It is not uh, anything to... Um, abandoned ship about or anything like that but but look this is a big series out west both these series the Dodgers and the Giants and and going in look I said if they if they split I'll be ecstatic even if they take two of six I I won't I won't freak out um but you do want to see them be able to carry the momentum they showed at home the momentum they showed over this recent hot streak onto the road with them. And that has been, I think, you know, when we look at this team and we'll dive into the game and the specifics and all that, but I think when you talk about this Phillies team, and look, we have gotten excited about this team pretty much for the first time since the opening week in the last week. And and that is awesome. And it's, look, there is realness to it. You know, you look at this offense and we've talked about it a lot. And last night I was standing, which we'll get into, but, but an offense that has produced lately and with Harper and Romuto back looks like a different offense just when you look at the the starting nine you're like whoa okay this looks like a, a offense you can go to battle with something you can trust there's some some real upside here um and we were seeing that and uh, you know it's definitely the top of the lineup has has set that off you know a lot of credit 
to those top two guys, um, whatever we think about them, uh, Odubo and Segura have been great uh, during this run. And, you know, that's uh, prior last night, Segura with a three straight games with three hits or more um, had just been really white hot um, as of late. And this team in general offensively has been bringing it, you know, at the top of the lineup, it has really set the, set the, the table, so to speak, set the, uh, energy for this team and it started off that way last night and then those two cooled off for the rest of the night and weren't able to to carry it over but um you know we've seen the Phillies play more small ball we've seen a put the ball in play approach more the Phillies who had had the second worst strikeout rate in all of baseball for the vast majority of the season over the last two weeks have the lowest strikeout rate in baseball they are Putting the ball in play, not necessarily swinging for the fences, and, and and good things have happened. And I definitely think that that is something that starts at the top with those two guys because that's the way those two guys approach baseball. They are sea ball, hit ball guys. You know, they're not going up to to grind out a walk. They're going up to to get a hit. And I do think, and look, there's nothing wrong with grinding out a walk. You know, that is a, a productive thing to do. But I do think that uh, you know this this offense is kind of thriving right now because of that approach the the put the ball in play don't strike out make the defense make plays good things happen when you put the ball in play and that's great and that's something that that I'm excited about now last night they weren't able to convert you know they weren't able to put the ball in play enough against the Dodgers bullpen which really shut them down um but again you know that's why tonight's such a big game tonight um, as you know, and look tomorrow, and obviously tomorrow's the big one with Wheeler Kershaw. That is going to be a just an awesome, awesome game. But tonight, look, Julio Urias is a very good pitcher. The Dodgers started tonight, but but Eflin's been better this season, you know. And and you know, so you've got a pitching advantage tonight. Eflin is an advantage over Urias. They are both good though, so you're going to need to hit. But um, I, I need to see the Phillies bounce back tonight. You know, it's a big one. And then maybe give him a chance to win a series with Wheeler on the hill tomorrow. Like, that would be something. So tonight for me is a big night for this Phillies team, this group that we've seen play so well together lately, show energy, show fight, show fire, show excitement, be into it. Tonight's a big night. Eflin on the hill against the team that traded him way back in the day, lest us not forget Zach Eflin came to us from the Dodgers, the Chase Utley deal, um, or the Rollins deal, excuse me. Um, but regardless, nice, you know, so, so there's a chance to go back and show them what they lost out on Zach. Um, uh, but a big one for Eflin tonight. Let's look at last night and then we'll look ahead and, um, and get into some other stuff as well. Last night again, um, you know, just a story of not converting as the Phillies get out to an early lead in the first, uh, it starts right away. Oduble gets on base singles, uh, excuse me, walks to get on base to start the inning. And then Segura, uh, Line drive to right field, uh, uh, diving play, can't get it, ends up being a double for Segura, second and third, no outs, and uh, JT strikes out, which was a killer in that spot, but then Bryce Harper, RBI single, rips one into right, scores one, unable to score two, the Phillies would end up loading the bases, Alec Bohm comes to the plate with a chance to do some damage, and unfortunately Bohm, who has been better lately, couldn't get it done there, ends up striking out. And uh, and that was the end of that chance. There's, again, bases loaded, one out, second and third, no outs, uh, and, and unable to capitalize. And that was our bases loaded, two outs, excuse me. We're on third, one out, 
um, unable to capitalize, you know, and uh, and that's frustrating. That's frustrating because this team really could have used, um, could have used something there. You know, they they again, you they will leave ten runners on base this game. Ultimately, only eight hits. As uh, 0 for 4 from Oduble, though he does score the one run in the game after that walk. Segura 1 for 5, didn't get another hit all game. Uh, JT 1 for 4. Harper 2 for 4, continue to put the ball in play. You know, hasn't flashed that power yet, but putting ball in play. Reese Hoskins 0 for 4. Hoskins obviously is killing him right now. And and again, like I said it yesterday, I'll say it again. Uh, you know, Hoskins came through and they needed him in a big way. You know, the, the hot streak that Hoskins had with Harper and Romito out kept them in games. You know, again, I go back to that Marlins series where they took two of four in Florida, which, you know, uh, shocking what a big deal it was to split a series in Florida, but it is what it is with the way they played against the Marlins the last few years. But splitting that series was big, and Hoskins, the two games they win, homers in both. The one, it was a 2 nothing game where it was a two-run homer, they win. And the other, a big homer in a, a low-scoring game as well. Like, Hoskins came through and they needed him, but, man, since those guys have come back, he has been absolutely atrocious. 0 for 4 last night. Again, he's like in an 0 for 30 slump or whatever. He's in down to 238 in the average. Like, a week and a half ago, it was 276. You know, it's it's unbelievable how precipitous it's been in that. Even more concerning, the OBP down to 311. You know, for Hoskins, that's bad, other than... Alec Bohm, Torreya's not a regular. Other than Alec Bohm, like the lowest of the, the regular guys in the lineup there, that, that's, that's a problem. You know, they need Hoskins to figure it out and get back, and we know streaky, streaky, streaky guy. But he's in a bad streak right now, and he needs to find his way because, you know, this offense, especially with Bohm not producing right now, and Bohm, look, Bohm's got his average up to 225, which uh, I guess is something, you know, compared to where he was. But um, this team needs to do a better job of converting. And, and scoring some runners. And, you know, Reese Hoskins is a big part of that, and he has not been lately. So they, they really need more from Reese. And ultimately, last night, just unable to really get anything going offensively. Spencer Howard, you know, Spencer Howard, you know, looked amazing for three innings. Three innings, three strikeouts, no hits, no walks, 32 pitches. Boom. We're feeling great. It's like, Spence, let's go. And then the fourth inning comes. And he gives up a two-run homer to Will Smith. Uh, you know, walks the guy, gives up a homer. Um, and then, you know, gets out of the fourth, gets into the fifth, and gives up another homer. And that that would be it for him. Uh, as Connor Brogdon would pitch a clean inning. And, and Bailey Falter pitched three shutout, which was really nice to see. Look good um, in that, you know, role there. Um, very good. You know, really impressive. 38 pitches to get through three innings. Only gave up one hit in those three innings. That's great to see. You love that. Kept them in the game. They just couldn't convert. And uh, look, the Spencer Howard thing, it is, it's mystifying. It's mystifying how this guy, who did get his first hit last night, a double, good for you, kind of got lucky with a little help from the defense, but it's a hit to hit. Um, but, you know, this is, it's it's just more the same with this Spencer Howard thing. And we've talked about it, the micro, the macro, the importance of, of what he means to them this season, but even more importantly, what he means to the franchise moving forward as the top prospect. You know, Mick Abel soon will be the top prospect, but, but you know, and he's not a prospect anymore now as part of the major league roster as much as he'll be this year in Howard, but, but an important piece in this organization, like the major league ready high level pitcher they have. And, uh, and they just need more from him. You need a guy who can go five innings, man. I mean, even Vinny gives you five a lot of the time, right? I mean, you need you need more. Spencer Howard only goes 67 pitches, four innings. Again, gets gives up the homer in the fifth, and that was it. Um, It's disappointing. 
because again, you watch those first three innings and you see the stuff, man. You see the flash. You see the the dominance. You see why he is such a highly regarded prospect. Why he has been so highly ranked throughout his minor league career. You see it. If it, it flashes, like when you see that stuff early on, you're like, yes, this guy, this guy is is something. And then he falls apart almost like unlike any pitcher I've ever seen. Like I don't ever remember a pitcher who just that just leaves them that quickly. A starting pitcher who leaves them that quickly after you know three innings and and uh, you know it's just two innings, three innings, whatever it is. It's it's mystifying and it's something this organization really needs to figure out and and you know needs to put the resources into correcting and fixing like whatever it takes to stretch this guy out. I mean, there's a guy again who. You know, has pitched, has started his career. You know, he's been a starter. Like, he should be used to going deeper into games. You know, he has thrown more than 60-something, 70 pitches in his career in the minors. It's, it really, and maybe, you know, I guess, you know, you, the, the, the bullpen and then back out and the stretch out thing and all that. Like, they've definitely not done him any favors from a plan perspective, which we have talked about many times. But still, man, you wouldn't think it would be this difficult for him to get back to where he needs to be to be uh, a legitimate starter for this team. So it's frustrating. It's it's nerve-wracking, in a, and again, in a macro sense. But um, again, you, you do like that he flashes. You do like the, the stuff when it's there. There is, again, reason to be excited about him, but um, it's concerning. It's concerning. And again, you know, they got good pitching otherwise last night and just unable to capitalize offensively. Again, um, while we're complaining about Howard, and, and it is a concern, but last night, you know, you blame it on the offense. Last night was on the offense. Um, again, you know, they they got to Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin doesn't even make it out of the fourth, goes three and two-thirds, four hits, three walks, only one run. Four hits, three walks, only one run. Like, that can't happen. That can't happen. And then the bullpen comes in and shuts it down. A bunch of guys give up no runs. David Price, Joe Kelly, Gonzalez, training. Like training is nasty. When your nickname is the witch, because of how you make the ball move, that's something. Jimmy Nelson, Kenley Jansen shutting it down. I mean, just a, a lot of guys coming in and getting outs. And then they did it, man. They shut it down. They got four and a third, or excuse me, five and a third clean innings from their bullpen, and that won them the game. That won them the game. That was it. The Phillies were unable to capitalize, unable to take advantage, and, and that was it. So, um, frustrating it was a frustrating loss because you could see a path for the Phillies to win that game you know it was there for the taking it was there for them and they blew it and they didn't capitalize and it's frustrating because that's what we see them do on the road consistently and that's why tonight's so important that's why with Eflin on the hill coming off this loss last night knowing it was a game against the Dodgers in LA that you could have won that's what's so frustrating is it's a game you should have won in LA and as we talked about heading into this trip, you, know, you don't feel like you should win many or any on the road on the West Coast against these great teams, you know. So, so that's what's so frustrating is it felt like they let one slip through their fingers. And uh, you need to see them bounce back tonight. Uh, you know, I think it's important for this team, obviously for the fan base and the belief in them, but uh, it's super important for this team to find a way to bounce back and to take advantage of, of Zach Eflin on the hill tonight and get some hits against Julio Urias. You do have a right-handed heavy lineup. He is a lefty. Let's go. Let's take advantage. And uh, it's a big one tonight. We'll get back to it. We'll look ahead to it a little bit more quickly. I wanted to touch on something, uh, and then we'll look at the standings and, and again, the schedule. Uh, but quickly wanted to touch on the substances issues. We've talked about a lot, and just to, to update and, and continue um, to follow this story, because it is 
fascinating. And as I've said, it's going to be really fascinating to see the change in numbers. And we'll get to that as we're already seeing some. But um, uh, yesterday, uh, uh, Jeff Passan reporting that Major League Baseball is expected to announce today, Tuesday at some point, that it will suspend players caught with any foreign substance for 10 days. So, um, and that is to help curtail the widespread use of grip enhancers by pitchers around the league. The source familiar with the plans told ESPN. Apparently, the league is going to uh, distribute a memo to teams today, um, which will brief uh, all the, the policy changes. It will talk about, um, you know, what is uh, what is an illegal substance they can't use, any foreign substance on their person, any sort of spire tag, industrial glue, anything like that that can help generate more spin on the ball. Um, so it, this is a big deal. Uh, uh, in this piece by Pass, and he says, a longtime umpire told ESPN the hard line is vital as he and his brethren attempt an on-the-fly enforcement of a rule that for years has been ignored. And that's obviously the heart of what we've talked about so much, the idea that this is a rule, but it has also been totally accepted throughout the league for a long time. And obviously the the use and the acceptance has gotten to the point where it's rampant and they have to do something. And it is smart to do something. We don't you dive into all that again. You know how I feel like, why not? You know, Before you lower the mound, before you move the mound back, before you do all these fundamental, drastic, dramatic changes, like this is not a dramatic change in the sense it's a dramatic change for these pitchers, and it will be, I think, a, a somewhat dramatic change to the effect on the sport. But again, it is it is a rule that that you can just enforce. You don't have to to make a, a fundamental change to the distances or the the anything like that in the game. Um, so it's going to be uh it's going to be a really big deal. Um, I'm really very intrigued with how this is going to play out, um, how the umpires are going to um, handle it, how it's going to go. It's going to be a uh, it's going to be a really fascinating time in Major League Baseball, you know. And so far, um, as uh, the the you know they've already started to not uh, hand out suspension or anything, but the the crackdown in a sense has begun. You know, teams are they've t- tested the baseballs, all that stuff. Um, and all that, um, as the league is starting to to work on it, and there have been some, you know, interesting numbers already. As Passon points out, he says, while the sample is small, the league-wide batting average since June third, when the first reports about the league's crackdown surfaced, is two forty-seven, which is a substantial jump from the two thirty-six average it was to that point in the season. That's massive, eleven points in batting average. From 236 to 247, the league-wide spin rate is down substantially. Um, here are some more fascinating numbers from it. Uh, uh, Travis Sawchuk tweeted out the rolling ERAs for the season leading up to this point. So um, the ERA, uh, first week in April, 392, the league uh, MLB average starting pitcher ERA. Uh, next week, 387, then 395, 439, 36, 396, 409, 410, 360, the last week of May. And then the week including June 3rd, May 31st to June 6th, 458. 458, the highest that point was 439 the week of uh, April 26th, then 409, then everything else under 4, 458, and then the past week after that, 464. Those are dramatic numbers i mean that is no joke you know that is a real 
a real difference. And again, uh, slash lines. Buster only tweeting out the slash line. Major League Baseball, April 1st to June 4th. We already heard the 236. 236, 312, 395. Slash line for MLB hitters since the ban, uh, the crackdown was announced. 247 average, as we talked about, 11 points. 319 on base higher. And a 417 slugging up from 395. I mean, these are noticeable numbers. You know, these are, are real substantive things. A small sample size for sure, for sure. But these are substantive things. One more from Travis Sawchuk. Uh, some stats in the 11 days uh, leading up to the uh, warning uh, on June 3rd. It was a 9.1% walk rate, a 24.3% K rate, 231 average, 12.7 home runs per fly ball. In the 11 days since June 3rd, an 8.4 walk rate as opposed to 9.1. So that's down. Um, a 23.4 strikeout rate instead of a 24.3. So down about a percentage point. That's substantial. 231 to 246 in average. And the home run per fly ball is up from 12.7 to 14.7. And uh, WRC Plus up from 94 to 104. I mean, these are serious numbers. Like what it is showing immediately is that this is going to make a difference. Now, I don't know if it's going to make the difference, uh, the massive difference that is going to, you know, completely fix the sport and make it the best version of itself with balls in play and less strikeouts and and more action, but it's certainly doing something about that. It's heading in the right direction, these numbers are saying, and that's just since the crackdown was announced. Like, now they're really cracking down. Now they're doing suspensions. Now they're checking. So it's going to be fascinating. As I said before, I'm. Uh, it's the single thing I'm most fascinated about uh, right now in baseball is to see these numbers continue to trend, see what this changes, see if the average stays up, if it goes higher, if the strikeout rate continues to go down, like, what a massive thing it could be, right? I mean, we talked about all these issues with baseball and how important it is for baseball to, to get back to the best version of itself and the dominance of pitching being the single biggest problem with the sport right now. And if something like this, where you're just enforcing a rule that's already on the books, can have this kind of substantive impact, I mean... That's a big deal, and it's exciting. It's exciting to think about what this could mean, and I'm I'm just fascinated to see how this this these trends continue and to see where this goes because I think it has a chance to make this season a lot more fun than it's been, you know, for everybody across the board. And look, we've certainly seen the Phillies over the last two weeks have way more offensive success and and feel way better about this offense since that crackdown too. So you know, even our our eyes, what our eyes are telling us on a nightly basis with our team. Um, tells you that that something's going on and, and this could, again, really be a positive change for the sport that could go a long way towards making the game a lot more fun right now and moving the game forward and, and again, doing it without a, a massive, drastic, fundamental change to the sport. And I guess, you know, look, pitchers would say this is pretty fundamental. This is a drastic change. We use this. This is whatever. And for years they have. But again, it's it's a change without having to lower the mound, without moving the mound back, without, you know, instituting these these fundamental changes in the the way the game is played or in the the you know rules of the game in that way whereas this is again you know you're just taking the substance away it's going to be fascinating and I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how it continues all right quick look at the standings then we'll look ahead again to tonight's game uh mets win yesterday unfortunately so now the phillies are four back of the mets one and a half out of the braves the nationals win their 
three and a half back at the Phillies, and the Marlins are four back. So the the NL East right now shakes out like this: the Mets on top at thirty three and twenty five, the Phillies in second at thirty two and thirty two. Um, the Braves in third at 30 and 33. The Washington Nationals in fourth at 28 and 35. And the Marlins at 29 and 37. Again, uh, just games back. The Mets out in front. The Phillies four back in the Mets. The Braves five and a half back in the Mets. The Nationals seven and a half back in the Mets. And the Marlins eight back of the Mets. And the Dodgers 40 and 26. <laughs> Another tough one. And the Giants 41 and 25. So the next five games are not going to be easy. We just need to take a couple of them, Phils. Like this is... Big stuff. The Phillies now falling to 11-20 and 20 on the road with last night's loss. So they need to 21-12 and 12 at home. So much better at home. Like, really need to find a way to take advantage of some of these games on the road, especially on the West Coast against these good teams. All right, again, and tonight should be one of them. Tonight's a big one. You got Wheeler-Kershaw tomorrow, which means you got a chance. And Kershaw's great, but Wheeler's been better this year. I mean, Wheeler is one of the best pitchers in baseball this year. Like, top three or four, you know? So you got a real chance tomorrow if you can steal this one tonight with Eflin against Urias where he got the pitching advantage, it would be so, so massive for this team. I mean, can you imagine them actually winning the series against the Dodgers? What a, what a crazy thought. Um, they need to win tonight to have a chance. Obviously, obvious statement, but I, I do think they can. And, and I think, again, we saw last night where it's like, all right, they can play with these guys. They, they should have slash could have won that game. Need to capitalize tonight. Score runners when they're on pace. Get some timely hits. Get some good pitching from Zach Eflin, and and let's go win a game tonight. Big one. Big one tonight. Either way, whatever happens, we will obviously be back to talk about it tomorrow. So until then, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.